Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week, we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Mel. I'm Katie. And we're your hosts. This week, we watched Captain America Civil War, directed by the Russos and released in 2016. The plot goes something like this. The Avengers are divided over an attempt to regulate the activities of superheroes. Yes, that that more or less is the plot. Um, I feel like that's not really the plot. No. I feel like the plot is really, um, like, you know, boyfriend split up over an old flame coming back into town. Yeah, um, that's true also. Um, I, I only have one sentence to write these plots. I know. No, that's not um, you. I think that's more the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, so Winter Soldier is my favorite Marvel movie, right? It's so pretty much the best. Yeah. It is pretty much the best. It has relevant themes. It has a really interesting journey for its main character to go on, and they put him in the most kind of interesting position for Steve Rogers to be in. Uh, it reintroduces Bucky. It has the best team. They really kind of reinvigorated the way action movies looked in the franchise. It's great. So my expectations were like really high for Civil War, and it really didn't meet them. <laughs> so I just forgot this was coming out. I just, I know there was a press tour going on. I know it, but because it's not out until next week in the States, I was just like, oh, wow, right, we're seeing Civil War tonight. And then I would forget and they'd be like, oh, I'm seeing Civil War tonight. Right, that's finally happening. So my expectations were like, right, yeah, this is happening. So I didn't have time to get excited about it. I did like it. I, I'm not going to, I'm not effusively in love with it, but I did enjoy myself. Um, but I think you can go along to like a fairly average Marvel movie and still really enjoy yourself. Um, I thought this one, yeah, didn't definitely doesn't live up to Winter Soldier, which is just a wonderful, wonderful movie. Well, I, see, my initial thought immediately, like at the end of the movie, right at the end of it, of the main part, mm. was like, no Stephen Bucky hug, zero stars. <laughs> and then they had a mid-credit sequence which is basically set up so that Stephen Bucky can hug and then they still don't. And I was like, nope, zero stars. Which I can't do, obviously, because that's dumb. But um, I just, I was, I was, I think it reflects a problem that I had with the movie as a whole. Yeah. Um, and there are lots of problems that I have with the movie as a whole. But one of them is they don't build Stephen Bucky enough in this movie. And I don't ship them. It's not like a, like a shipper thing, but the, there are two important relationships in this movie. There's Stephen Tony and there's Stephen Bucky. Do they get equal time in terms of, and equal weight in terms of how much they mean and how much of a build-up there is. I don't think they do. I think Steve and Bucky are really focused on, like, Bucky's guilt and Steve's guilt, but not a lot on what they, like, shared and their friendship and why this means so much to them. The most kind of, uh, kind of most important scene for their relationship is the one that we saw at the end of Ant-Man. Mm. You know, the, we saw that months ago. Yeah, and the, and there's... Some of the highlights of this are Steve and Bucky actually connecting on that level because there's a bit, just a one scene where they walk off together and they're like, we're the old guys yeah. with their arms around each other. But a lot of the rest of the time, Bucky is Manchurian candidated it, if, if, if one can make that a verb. Like he is, he's under the spell of whatever he's been put under or he's like they're in a frantic rush to get to him before someone else does or they're in a frantic rush to save him. And you do have to rely a lot on your knowledge from other movies and how much time you spent reading tumblers about Stephen Bucky. But that's the thing is that this is their big reunion. Like, come on, you've got to give us something. You've got to give us something more than what this movie is giving us. It just doesn't, it doesn't settle. It doesn't, 
work. And and that's like one of the problems. I mean, there's a lot of other ones as well, but uh yeah, that that kind of the, it does rely so much on the previous movies. Like Peggy dies, you don't even get to see her, which like mm. broke my heart. And and also at that funeral, Nat hugs Steve. Mm. Um, right? Like she's yeah. kind of the emotional support for everybody, and Falcon goes to that funeral with him, and you're like Falcon is much better at emotional support than Nat is yeah. anyway. So it it feels to me like they just kind of went full no homo with this movie and were like, no, it's all straight. And then the, the Steve and Sharon kiss is like really, really awkward and out yeah, of nowhere for me. No, I, there's not a lot of chemistry or anything. Yeah. So I kind of feel like this is definite. This is like a Marvel Studios movie rather than a Russo Brothers movie, and they were given notes beats to hit. Mm. Along different parts of the movie, in different different places. So they're like, we have to hit this note by this point and this note by this point, um, so that we can do this part and this part and this part, right? So that's how I feel like this movie was structured from the start. Mm. So they're going, how are we going to get to all these places? And a lot of the transitions are inorganic and not natural to the characters. Nat being on Iron Man's team, for instance. Well, see, uh, yeah, she was interesting because. At first, I, I was actually very much on her team. Like, I like her and I liked watching her thought. You could see her thought process happening. Mm. Although, and, and I think she eventually comes around to the position that I thought she would get to where she, when she actually lets Steve and Bucky get to the Quinjet and fly mm. off. But she's, um, it's almost like a different character, isn't it, from some of the other movies? But anyway, she's. That is a problem with Nat. But the thing is, like, but she, like, I actually follow her thought process for a lot of, when they have that meeting where they're trying to trying to get talk about this legislation, I can follow her thought process there. I don't necessarily see why she goes to Team Iron Man though. That doesn't. It's sort of awkward. I think um, the marketing for this is a bit weird too. And the way they've set it up as Team Iron Man, Team Cap is not is probably a little bit too simplistic for the way they want they should have run this. Yeah, and that's the thing is that, that I feel like the whole movie is like that. I I don't think civil. I feel like Civil War and the uh, Zemo storyline are two different storylines that kind of got jammed together and the Zemo storyline is rubbish it's just rubbish I'm sorry it's stupid it depends entirely on Sam feeling guilty over Rhodey getting hurt and then telling Tony where Steven and Bucky are right like otherwise it doesn't work and they've already been finding it, it's stupid it's so stupid for that to be the plan and then they get there and like also, I thought Tony knew <laughs> that Hydra had killed his parents. I really thought that he knew that. I thought I think that he was common knowledge. That Hydra had killed no, his parents. He I don't think he knew that Bucky had killed his parents. Nope, he still thinks it's an accident in this movie. I, I just when that twist Nobody came, nobody thinks that's an accident. But he did, and when I, that the, twist came, I was like, so surely I, he no, knows no, this no, already. See, I never, I was never in any doubt that Tony's parents died in some mysterious. Yes. Murder. We weren't. But I don't think Tony thought it was an accident. I didn't I didn't get that at all. The only no, he bit thought... that he didn't know that I got, that I realized that he didn't know, was the Bucky bit. Which no, is he fine thought it was me. an accident because that's what that beginning scene at, at MIT is about. He still thinks it's an accident. Yeah, he, I, do, he I genuinely definitely still did not get that from that. No, he does, because that's what that scene is. I mean, he he doesn't know. And it that to me is insane. Um and that's the thing, is that a lot of this movie relies on things. I just I I feel like the Russos kind of did the best that they could with what they were given, but they were given a brief that it it this doesn't is a tough work. ask to. You've got to shoehorn in ten characters, one yes. of whom has to be introduced, two um, of whom have to be introduced. Who's the second who has to be? Spider Man and Black Panther. Oh yeah, sorry, two of whom have to be introduced. Um, and you've got to kind of deal with 
certain characters who wouldn't naturally be allies of, you know, like like Natasha. You've got to try and make her go onto Iron Man's side because they need you a girl on a girl that on side. Her. There's only one girl. There's, each team has five people in it and there's only one six girl in each. Six people in each team. Six? Who's yep. six? Um, team Iron Man is uh, Iron Man, um, Rhodey, Vision, Nat, Spider-Man and I forgot Black about, Panther. Yeah, I forgot about Vision, And Team sorry. Cap is uh, Steve, Bucky, Sam. Wanda, um, Ant Man. Oh, Haw- I forgot about Hawkeye. And yeah. Hawkeye. So yeah, there's six on each yeah. team. Yeah. So there's and only one girl out of all of those teams. Um, they like at the start when Wanda and Black Widow were working together. I was like, oh wow, it's so weird to see girls working together in this. I was so excited for like a minute when they were working together. I was like, wow, this is this must be what it feels like to be a boy and have like people of multiple people of your gender who've got different characters playing different parts in this role. Anyway. That was exciting for about three seconds while it lasted. Um, yeah, so uh, it, there's so much to go on. And I have to say, I actually enjoyed the Spider-Man bit mm. because it, it it gives much-needed comic relief. Like, this is a very feels-heavy movie. It's, it's not it's just quite that. Heavy. They knew that Spider-Man was the hill they were dying on. They went, like, when they put all their effort into making Spider-Man work. Mm. More than anybody else, they put all their effort into making Spider-Man work because yeah. they know – Spider-Man, everybody has Spider-Man fatigue. Mm-hmm. Um, they know that um, people are, you know, not too thrilled about the way that movies have been pushed back to make room for Spider-Man. Yep, yep. And they went, we have to make this work. So they put everything they had into making Spider-Man work and he works. He does work. And um, as a bonus, Robert Downey Jr. and Marissa Tomei have excellent chemistry. So Aunt May and, and Tony Stark, which I think is probably deliberate as well. Yes. Um, work uh, yeah, very well she together. doesn't. She's not. Aunt May. Um, she just isn't. like, And he is so Peter Parker. He mm. is so, like, I mean, Tom Holland is just killing it in this role. He's fantastic. Um, yeah, he's a really good Spider-Man. Finally. Finally. He kind of gets to do all the things you know that, I like that Andrew, Andrew Garfield, Garfield wants. Yeah, but he gets to do all the things Andrew Garfield wanted to do but wasn't yeah. allowed to. Um, and he's also, like, appropriately young and kind of that's kind of cute. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that does really well. Like, there was a little part of me that was like, you know, Kamala Khan would have fitted in this. She would have fitted really well in this. But then I was also like, well, yeah, but you couldn't exactly have Tony Stark going into Kamala Khan's bedroom and talking about stuff the way they did with Spider-Man, which was kind of cute. And, but, yeah, so there's kind of part of me that's like, I know that character would have worked here. But- Spider-Man felt overpowered to me as well. He was holding his own against characters he should not be holding his own against. Mm-hmm. But anyway, not I, the yeah. point. And I did like how he um, adapted giant Ant-Man. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. But, that, yeah. but also... <laughs> Anybody who cares about Star Wars, including teenagers, will never say, you know that really old movie, Empire Strikes Back? I have never come across a teenager, and I know many teenagers who would say that. No, everybody uh, – the Empire Strikes Back is older than both of us, right? So yeah. if there's anything that we're going to talk about as a really old movie, like – and we don't, so. No. no, no, it doesn't make any sense. That's, that's you know, 40-year-old screenwriters or whatever. Yeah, that's just to prove that he's young. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, it's – But that – I mean, that scene was great. The The airport scene was great. Um, I actually but thought it, they still kind of try and work it out so that it seems like more than it's just an infight between friends and it never gets there because no. there's 12 of them. And right. I did also enjoy um, Ant-Man. I know I didn't like the movie, but I liked having him as a comic relief. I was going to say that. I like yeah. Ant-Man much better in this movie than his own movie. And, and, and Paul Rudd is, as comic relief, he's perfect. And yeah. he does the whole, like, he's really excited about Captain America's muscles. So cute. He's adorable. That is adorable. Yeah, so he was great. I really liked him, and I love Paul Rudd. So you know, I mean, I have a soft spot. Yeah. Now I'm. Uh, 
The thing is, I'm going to, at the end of this podcast, you guys, I'm going to give this movie a much higher score than it sounds like I'm going to give it based on what I'm saying, but I am going to raise all the problems that I have with it because that's like, you know, what because of what this, but it's not just what I do, it's what this movie is. It's the fact that like, these are the problem, these are the reasons why it doesn't match up to the Marvel name. And the thing is, they do it all, everything is executed so well, all these all these actors are so good in their roles, right? Yes. All of these actors across the board are good in their roles. Every single person seems to know this character and know what makes them tick. And even when the script isn't there, even when the direction uh, the direction is trying to get them there, these ca- actors are kind of making their characters work for what they're trying to do. Mm. Um, and it's great. I mean, I just – I love Scarlett Johansson as Nat. She's terrific and I love – uh, I thought Elizabeth Olsen was tr- great in this yeah. movie. Uh, the the Wanda and Vision stuff worked oh, much better than I, I thought I was going to bring that up. W- Wanda and Vision were g- really good together. Yes. But the thing is, it's not a Wanda and Vision movie. It's a Captain America movie. There's no point in at, in this movie when you think Team Iron Man are the right team to be on. Team Iron Man are wrong from the get-go like and and they have valid points, but they're wrong yeah. from the get go because they're basing everything that they're doing on like faulty information and all that sort well, of stuff. Well, and also Team Iron Man is proven wrong. Like by the time they get to Berlin, because yeah. they get to Berlin and um and da- Daniel Brühl's character knocks out the power, and then suddenly everyone suits up to try and deal with Bucky. Yeah. So immediately you have everyone who says, "Oh yeah, we need to be regulated. We need to have a council." Doing exactly the opposite of that, not being regulated at all, but responding to a situation and getting involved, and not just that, but they 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 are like they have a point, but the way that the everybody's going about it is really wrong, mm. right? Like well, it's also really like it's all very like Tony comes to realization that he may need some some form of regulation, someone to help him keep him in control. But immediately we go to we've drafted this legislation, and now 170 countries are going to ratify it. That that to me that's a leap like there's no build there's no like th- there's no tony saying you know like co- working through ways that he might m- maybe be kept in check a little bit like you or know that they all might I, the, yeah. I that's the thing is that oversight's not necessarily a bad thing but and and yeah. i and and they both have good points for 5 minutes right like steve's like well we can't act then we've got to wait for all these countries to say that we can act mm. and tony's like yes but we're you know the, there's bad things are happening as yeah. a result of our actions and both of them are right yeah and both of them have points for 5 minutes of the movie the whole rest of the movie team iron man is bad team cap is good and to the point where Rhodey is hurt by friendly fire from Vision on his own side because nobody can be the bad guy and because, like, it just proves Cap's point more. And I was like, this... And I knew that was going to happen. Uh, I think it was, like, during that fight that I was like, oh, this is where Rhodey's going to get yeah. hurt. This means that... And, and because of what had happened in the movie, I just knew that was going to happen. I'm like, that sucks. That yeah. sucks. Um, It could have... Yeah, I think it could have been a more nuanced fight. It was very – it was not um, – the, the stakes that they were fighting for were just not there. No. Um, and and it never it never felt like they were really enemies either. It just felt like that Steve um, – it felt like if you like Bucky and you want to keep Bucky alive and you're friends with Bucky, you're going to be – Or Steve. Yeah, or Steve. You're going to be on Steve's side. And, like, how could you not? 
these are they fought in World War Two. Bucky has been abused and um, experimented on and treated horribly for seventy years, and Steve spent Bucky a is the ultimate whoopee of time. Yeah, the, the similar amount of time in the ice. Like, how are you not like? Of course, we love these guys. It, you could have made a far more interesting and nuanced fight. I think the one at the the fight at the end between Steve and Iron Man was quite well executed. I thought, and I thought that was an interesting. That I that was had a better motivation that Tony finding out that his parents were killed by Bucky. But that, that makes was so more frustrating because we already knew that. We already knew that. The audience knew that. When you have the audience knowing that and the characters not knowing that, it makes the characters look dumb. It I just don't does. think the I we didn't know that until then. I did. Right. Because I I thought that was I genuinely thought that was common knowledge. Everybody knows Bucky killed the Starks. No, like, that it was, was not common knowledge. I knew that Hydra killed the Starks. I did not know that Bucky killed the Starks. I didn't know that until until Daniel Brühl brings it up and then the fight happens. So, to me, that fight was incredibly effective. Oh, see, I was just – I knew that. And and also, like, that fight, I get what they were doing, but again, Tony is just wrong. He's just wrong. Well, and there's no, he like, is wrong, but I, I understand where he's coming from. I do too, but the thing about that is that, like, he's been wrong for the whole movie – so at that point, it's just Tony being wrong again. And like, it's, it's sort of, it, Tony never like even thought about things from Bucky's perspective. So at that point, you're just like, oh, it's just Tony being a jerk again. It doesn't, it just didn't like, I felt like there was no point at which there was equality between See, these I, two sides. Yeah, so I felt like that. It, I, I felt like the only bit where there really was a fight was that last fight. And I really liked and the bit that where. that last fight is spoiled by the trailer. Yeah, which sucks. Um, and I um, but and I really like the bit where Cap really lays into Tony at the end, and it looks like he's going to try and kill him. I thought that, that was he well was done. Dying? No, he wasn't dying. And but it look, I thought. See, to me, that was like Cap was this close to kind of losing control. Which of course, Captain America, the whole reason. Well, like Tony did cut off Bucky's arm. Yeah, so that would yeah, but but that Captain America getting to that losing control point is where he's at his most interesting, of course. So, because he he probably would benefit from oversight, but he is, actually has got like this really strong moral code that means mm. that most of the time he doesn't need it and he is able to self-regulate, mm. which good on him because like that's a one in a million person really because I'm not able to self-regulate and I know most people are not able to self-regulate in well, the same way. Well, that's what Steve is. I mean, Steve, he and that's is Steve's, the stalwart righteous. Yeah. And that's why it was so interesting to watch Winter Soldier because it took everything that he was fighting for away from him. And it made him kind of have to, and and he was so wrong-footed in being in the wrong century, and uh, and all that stuff that it just kind of like he had so much to understand about himself, and he has to redefine and and rediscover himself in that movie. And in this one, he basically picks his side right at the start, and that's it. Well, yeah, and I don't ever get the sense that he really thinks the regulation thing through. I think he just sees like partly because I guess he's been through World War Two, he has this idea that. If people are trying to regulate a particular class of person, then that is immediately bad, and we immediately fight against it. And it but is it, kind of you from don't the point of view see that- the journey that you see Natasha. You see Natasha in that meeting take a journey of which side she's going to come down on. You don't actually know, like I, I, we know because we know who's on which team. But you, if you, if you'd come into this movie clean, you could sit there and you could watch her work out which side she's going to go on through yes. that meeting. But you can't. You see, you see Steve sit down. And he sits down in a hostile mood and you know he's not going to be on that team. Yeah, and but all the adults could, you know, use some conversation and talking to figure these things out. Yeah. Um, 
and and they are adults and this is a problem with this story is that you you guys have to sit down and talk about this stuff instead of getting cranky and walking away every three seconds right. and then having a punch up like three-year-old boys but uh the thing there also is that like they're given five minutes with this thing to make with, a decision with like a, a, what looks like about 500 page piece of legislation with no kind of no the, build, no build exactly. This is the major problem with and this. And this is a movie that's already too long, so you know that I get they don't have time to, but work out a way to build. And and I feel like they kind of sacrificed a lot of character moments for important characters. Again, coming back to that Stephen well, Bucky they, they thing in order to Steve, like because I love Captain America, me like, too, genuinely. And Winter Soldier just was like I was a little puddle at the end of it, but I wasn't like he wasn't even the main character in no. this movie. And it, I didn't, I didn't gain any new feels for him. I didn't want to have sex with him any more than I wanted to last time. Not that that's the whole point of the movie, but like sometimes it is. But there was no, like, nothing new no. happened to him. You feel kind of bad for him at the end because he, like, they break up and Tony gets all their friends, um, which well, kind of sucks. I mean, there was that bit where you know he shows up to rescue Falcon at the end. The yes, I know, scene, but, he, but Falcon's not there in Wakanda, and um, and Bucky. Uh, goes under the ice again, which is a weird decision. I just thought I felt like the whole ending kind of wrong footed me a little bit and I just and, and the, the Daniel Bull thing was silly, but also like that actually the, one of the best scenes is in that whole ending is just um the scene where um T'Challa goes to kill Zemo and decides not to. That, that was better is, than see, yeah, the to, fight. Oh, we haven't even got to talk about T'Challa, who's probably like I really liked him. We did not get enough of him. We didn't get enough of an introduction. There was quite a good there was a nice scene with him and his father and, and Natasha, but it's before the bomb goes off. But we did not get enough of him. And I think I like him. I really genuinely liked him. And and that scene at the end probably is what sold it for me. Yeah. I feel like Between he got much Zemo. better as the movie goes on. Yeah. Um, the, he's hamstrung by the fact that he's on Team Iron Man right at the start. Yeah. Um, and he's only on Team Iron Man because he thinks Bucky killed his dad, which mm. is the most obvious bit of frame up ever in history. Um, I mean, really, it's it's so blatantly obvious what's happening. I feel like you know how I um I find movies very predictable most of the time. So, like with Marvel movies, what I'm kind of hoping for is that they will be unpredictable, like Winter Soldier was, and I'm not going to know everything that's going to happen. Um, if I know what's going to happen, then I'm in it for the journey, and I'm in it for like cute character moments and it looking good and cool fights and all that sort of stuff, right? I feel like Civil War was so plot heavy um, that like those things and, and so action heavy and a lot of the action scenes did look really good, but I feel like I I wasn't getting that kind of emotional feedback that I wanted from it. You're actually you come up with a good point there because Iron Man 3 and Captain America 2 both, and they both sort of came out within about a year of one another, they both managed to pull off a genuine surprise in mm. the movie, a plot surprise. Um and and they they took a really new and refreshing and different angle on something and and ca- and um, Winter Soldier I mean they, like they pulled down Shield that's a pretty big you mm. know that, that I forget now because I've you know watched all that Agents of Shield and all of everything else but that was such a big shock a big shocker when that happened when we saw that and Shield was, fell and it do- we don't get any of that because we're just trying to shoehorn all of these people and and T'Challa I think really lose he loses out especially in comparison to Spider Man. Um, because of like being yeah. a new character who's got to be introduced, and because it also like, I mean, we've introduced Wanda and Vision in the last in um, Ultron, and that's fine and all, but like, 
Well, Vision this, only became a character in this one. Uh, yeah, uh, he, that's right. We've never really had much of Vision, and so they had to kind of have those moments with him, and there were really some really very sweet moments between the two of them um, before she realises that he's trying to keep her prisoner. Um, but you, they kind of got to do a fair bit of work with those new characters anyway. Mm. And and Wanda was a good kind of example of she, – she was kind of the poster child for what was happening. Um, that she and and this is I think also uh, the Civil War storyline in the comic books. I know that everybody was awful in it, and it's not a great story. But the the point that the, I mean the point of contention is so much better. It's so much better than this oversight thing. The concept of whether or not people should like because this is that's really more about people being yeah. regulated. Whether or not people should have to say that they are... Yeah, come, um, coming out. That thing. Right. They yeah. ha- should have to say that they are superheroes, that they have powers, mm-hmm. or whether should, they should be allowed to be people. And we've talked about this in terms of Daredevil, but... Um, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which I know you stopped watching, is doing that quite well at the moment with the Inhumans versus mm-hmm. humans. Like That's what I've heard. I just kind of... Yeah. yeah. Um, but And also, this is one of the places where... Um, the the separation of movie and TV is is hurt this movie I think because if they were more lenient then this could feel like it was on the scale of something like Agents of Shield which feels like it's on a bigger scale than this massive movie um I think if they had kind of like been able to bring in all of the superheroes and the Inhumans from the shows if they mm. had brought in the Defenders of New York yeah what, if they brought Daisy in Luke Johnson, and Jessica who's just felt th- had things fall to pieces for her on Shield yep. yeah. If they brought in Luke and Jessica and Matt, mm. you know, and, and, um, but then there is that problem of which side would they be on and how are you going to convince them to be on that side? But then it would feel like more like a war. Mm. This feels like uh, Captain America civil infighting. Like yeah. it just doesn't feel like a war at any point. There's not enough characters to make it a war. Um, there's not, not enough scale here. Yet there are too many characters to make the movie work well. Right. But if they assumed that you knew all these people from TV, then it might not be quite, it might, mm. I mean, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. had, uh, not Agents, uh, sorry, Age of Ultron had a bigger scale, mm-hmm. much bigger scale. This, this feels so small. And yeah, I mean, it's all, the thing is, it's all executed so nicely that you're watching it and it still felt like a fun ride. You know, it's still like, oh, it's still really great action scenes. The giant Man was cool and mm. Spider-Man was cool. And, 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 uh, watching, you know, Hawkeye and Nat fight each other. And then Nat's like, we're still friends, aren't we? Hawkeye's, you know, depends on how you hit and me. And he's pulling they're his pulling punches. pulling their punches. Yeah. Um, all of that sort of stuff is, is, it's really uh, interesting and nice. Yeah. And, and, and actually, um, and Hawkeye's becoming more like Jeremy Renner, which I think is probably the, for the best if they're going to go down this path with Hawkeye, which is the path that they started him on in Ultron. Like he's becoming more of a, he's more snarky, he's more feisty, and all that kind of stuff. Which he wasn't I don't know. I feel like he with. was always like that. Yeah, I th- I don't know. It just seems to have come out more since Ultron. You and I remember Budapest very differently. We do. That that stuff feels like. Oh, also, I liked that they went to um that that um Bucky was in Budapest because um Sebastian Stan's Romanian. Romanian. Yeah, uh, Bucharest. Sorry, not Bucharest. Bucharest that's yeah. Yeah, but yeah that I, was really I meant nice to as well. Yeah. When I was saying it, uh, I I had that written down. I forgot to say it. Yes, but he. He got to speak Romanian, which is his native language, so that was sweet. Yeah, I thought that was nice. Um, I feel like Sebastian Stan wasn't done the greatest service by this movie. No. Well, Bucky is – you called him a whoopee, but he's basically like – he's he's just like this enormous victim mm. the whole time. And There's that's no... what Charlie realizes, that, that both mm. of them are victims, and it's mm. love uh, – him and his dad are both victims, and it's lovely. I just wish that they'd done more with that. 
yeah. and and, and well, yeah. the Bucky storyline is heartbreaking. Like to make him a point of view character would be really effective, but instead he's just kind of a tool. Mm. Well, but Bucky's never, and again, Bucky's hugs always, would help. Bucky's always othered. Yeah. He's always um, the victim. It's always poor Bucky. It's always I must save Bucky. He's the damsel to Steve. He's this damsel in distress that Steve has to save. Every My time. favorite scene in the movie, though, honestly, was actually the scene where Bucky was wiped. Um, when he went all Winter Soldier on everybody, the theme came back. God, I love that oh, theme. Oh, I know. Yeah, his um, theme music. But also yeah. you feel that. Like you feel that in your bones that, oh, my oh. God, he's going to be churned and this is going to be awful for him and it's going to be so awful and for everybody and we're going to have coming. to survive the fallout for this. Yeah, oh, God. And yeah, and, and then watching him do the blank – and Sebastian stands so good and watching him do the blank face thing where he's fighting all of his friends and, and trying to kill Steve and, and the, the, the helicopter scene, that, and oh my that God. was the best part for me. Yeah, by yeah. far, that was the best part. That was good. um, and and the chase scene just before that was really fun too. Oh yeah, with um, yeah, with <laughs> that was we're up all night to get Bucky because it yeah. was like Bucky being chased by Steve and um Falcon who were being chased by Chala, <laughs> and then Bucky is trying to uh trying to uh palm everyone off, and it's great, it's mm-hmm. great, and I like Sam and Bucky, and and you know Sam, I love I love Sam. Um, oh, I there like- are those two in the back of the um the VW Beetle. Yes. Yes. I, I, and Maybe Sam seat forward? No. being like just <laughs> he's he's so great in this yeah. he's so like deadpan and mm. and fun and but I already liked him so yeah um but I did kind of get the uh black guy as a white guy's sidekick thing vibe very strongly from this one well yes Rhodey is because in the other movies it doesn't feel like they're sidekicks it feels but- like they're valued friends but when both of them come together yeah and especially in this one which is so much about steve and tony yeah it, it does make them into sidekicks yeah. and i think also because of that um roadie being used to motivate yeah the, the yeah getting fridged in yeah yeah tony. essentially um and t'challa um getting his own storyline kind of highlights how much roadie and sam are just mm. sort of sidekicks yeah. i feel like sam gets more than roadie um because sam is uh is much more kind of well. It, it's it's a little thing, but he but he got to be in Ant Man. He got to be yeah. in his own movie, doing his own thing, hanging out at the like. You get the idea. Tic Tac. Yeah, you get the idea that he actually does his. He has his own jobs to do and his own place in the Avengers world. Yeah. Um. So it, it's a little thing, but it actually make it made a difference. Whereas Rhodey is never seen outside of being Tony Stark's friend. I think the other problem with it is that Rhodey is a knockoff Iron Man. War well, Machine too, is a knockoff yeah. Iron Man, whereas Falcon has his own powers, has his own... He came to the story with his own stuff as well. Yeah, he came into the story with that. And he, instead of kind of being, like, recruited, mm. he, he signed offers up. his services yeah. and he goes, I want to help you. You're a good guy. You're my friend. I want to help you. Yeah. Rhodey is kind of like, is by default helping because he was already yeah. Tony's friend. And, and that, it is actually like that. Cause now, now I'm thinking through the comics where Rhodey has his whole own thing going on in the comics, particularly as, um, Carol Danvers' love interest. And so, yeah. Sorry, I'm thinking about that in the movies. I'm like, nope, that doesn't work well, for me in the movies. Well, that's because he's so much older than we think that she'll get cast as. Yeah. But, um, yeah, in in the I mean, it works for comics. the uh, Ro- uh, Robert Downey Jr. I like that they're they're similar ages. That's yeah, good, no, but. no, that works fine. But yeah, in the comics, like he has, that's I didn't like Rhodey until I read the um the Kelly Sue DeConnick run on Captain Marvel, where he's like a sidekick love interest. But you know, he's he's um Carol Danvers' love interest, and he seems to have his own stuff going on there. And yeah. I actually start to learn. I started to learn about what was going on in Rhodey's life, but we never ever get that in the movies. Yeah, he has this one moment at the end where he was like, 
I still feel like this was the right thing. And it's one of the few moments that you kind of feel like, well, maybe it was the right thing, but it wasn't. It's never been the right thing to do because it's, it's, and it's not just the fact that it's about oversight. It's about the fact that it's foisted on them, um, that they yeah. don't have a choice really. Like it, it they have, no, they have either that you it's bureaucratic or you are outlaws. Yeah. Um, and, and it's bureaucratic and it's, it's, it's not organic to anybody. Nobody, kind of came up with this themselves mm. nobody was involved in the, in the making of this mm. um and it does feel like something that's being forced upon them to make them into bad guys for yeah. who they are yeah um because it, it is this thing where like if somebody does get like attacked on the street do they have to wait for oversight do they have yeah. to wait for them and to ratify what's that what's funny is going back to what if they do send them somewhere yeah. they don't want to go when you go back to iron man where iron man makes the choice to come out at the end of the first movie. Mm. That seems like back then they were going to run, eventually they felt like they were going to run the Civil War storyline right through to the who, you know people coming out as superheroes and stuff. They needed to put off Civil War for a few more movies. Right, because you do need that character for whom coming out, in, in the comic book it's Spider-Man, when he reveals his identity, it blows up his life. Because he doesn't have a lot of money and he's married and he has a kid or something. Like, it's, it actually. Well, can you imagine if they did it with Daredevil in the movies? Yeah. Like, that would completely blow up Matt's life. Right. Which he has, he's, it's happened to him in the comics, actually. I'm finally reading my way through Mark Wade's run. Um, mm. So he's. Oh, the, I, I'm not Daredevil jumper. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, it, it, the, the stakes, again, it comes back, comes back to stakes. I've forgotten also about one of the major problems with this. At no point do they go, by the way, guys, if we hadn't stepped in, you'd all be dead, right? Like, they keep talking about the Avengers and how dangerous they are, and you're like, yes, and if we hadn't stepped in and done that, lots more people would have probably right. died, well, especially in the original Avengers. Mm. The 2011 Avengers, right? Not Age of Ultron. Oh, yeah, the nuclear weapon. Yeah. Yeah, the nuclear, nuclear weapon. But also, they have no control over these aliens coming to Earth. Aliens are coming to Earth, whether the Avengers have anything to do with it or not. They're coming, and somebody has to stop them, or yeah. else they're just going to take right. over and the so world. We destroyed New York, and probably lots of people died in that. But they but didn't destroy New York, and yes, lots of people would have died. But like, they hurt buildings, but not as much as an alien invasion mm. with those aliens would have destroyed the city. Right. Like, <laughs> well, and also, but, but then even if you think to this movie where um, Scarlet Witch trying to get the bomb out of the yeah. way of the civilians in the marketplace, and she hits an, an office building and it kills 11 people? Wakandans, yeah. 11, maybe, few, uh, yeah, like 11 people. If it had gone off in the marketplace, and this is Lagos, Nigeria, it's a massive city, like it's a big metropolis. Yeah. Um, if it had gone off in the marketplace where they were, how many more people would have died? I loved the interstitial titles in this movie. I know oh, that's the big got, letters, yeah. With no like that, no country. They just assume you know it. I love that. Mm. That was cool for me. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, no, that exactly. Like she, yes, she feels guilty that people died, and she feels guilty also. They kind of make this assumption that they've got no, um, they they don't feel bad about it over mm. and over again. And you're like, but you can see them feeling bad. Look at their faces. It's weird. It's like they're trying to. They're actually trying to cover some of the same territory that Batman vs Superman covered. Yeah. And they obviously do it much, much better. Like, oh, absolutely. So Much compared better. to Batman versus Superman, this is a masterpiece. <laughs> right. But they neither of them really kind of gets to the gets into the nitty-gritty of it. Whereas Daredevil, that we've just yeah. watched, especially with Punisher, does that really well. Yeah, exactly. Um In fact, yeah. that that first four episodes of Daredevil, the Punisher arc, are almost better at exploring that than either of these movies have yep. been. 
Yeah, I agree. And I had problems with season two of Daredevil, but um, but yeah, well, also yeah. Eldon Henson went to the premiere of of Civil War, and I had this brief moment, shining moment, where I was like, "What if he's in it?" Because I mean, this is law related, right? Mm. No, nothing. Um, <laughs> but uh, they seem to be really keeping the movie and TV world separate, which is kind yeah. of upsetting me. Well, um, I, I can see. I we talked about this with Craig when we did um when we did Jessica Jones because. I, and I kind of understand that because the, they've really gone down the R-rated path with the TV and they really want to keep the movies as, like, family-friendly. I don't know. I think it's easier to clean up. I think it's easier to clean up those guys. They don't even have to – like, you don't even have to have Jessica Jones say no, no, that I, much. But, but this, that's not the point. The point is that, like, the 10-year-old who's oh, watching who this, who's into Iron Man, sees this other guy in a red suit and says, I want to watch the red guy in the suit. And, and like, then the parents say no. Yeah, well, maybe they do, but maybe they're also like, I don't know, they might not be into it. He might might be his – You then you're left in that position of, no, you can't watch that for another eight years kind of yeah. thing, which is, I think, a little – I think Marvel, and particularly Marvel being a subsidiary of Disney, doesn't want to do that. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think it's just that they went down the R-rated path. I think that they see it as lesser, and that is a problem because sometimes it is better, um, and that does – frustrate me i i don't think that's fair but yeah um there there were so many interesting things they could go paths they could go down with this and it doesn't a lot of it doesn't like i i it's so rushed this movie feels rushed and it feels Ooh, again coming back insane to, given they had like two years to work on it but that's the thing yeah. they only had two years to work on it a lot of that is shooting a lot of that is post-production i don't feel like they were given enough warning on them having to do civil war mm-hmm. i think it came out of things like they want robert downey oh, jr to be right. in it you're absolutely right they didn't choose to do civil war didn't get announced until like close to it's probably they probably didn't have two years to do it they probably because they announced this at like the comic con after winter soldier came out or mm. perhaps even later like or closer to the when ultron came you're right they did i don't think they had they enough didn't time have a lot of time to work out that it was going to be civil war and I think they Despite were given... Despite the fact that in the very first movie, they it ended with Iron Man deciding to tell everybody who he was. Yes, but that would be the other Civil War, not yeah. what this movie I know, was. I know. And that's my, my sort of... Coming back to my original point, they're given these beats to hit, bam, 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 yeah. and the Russos did the absolute best they could mm-hmm. to hit those beats. But the storyline they came up for for Zemo as a cover, like going to wake up those other Winter Soldiers, was a better storyline than what we actually got. To me, the Zemo um, storyline would have been good on its own. Like, it, like you could have, they could have made a story. I didn't like it. Yeah, they could have made a storyline out of that. But he kind of, it's like too little, too late with him. Like, it's it's good that we get that motivation and stuff for him, and that conversation with Chala at the end is really good. But they could have, like, there's just again, it's one of these. It's kind of suffers from there being too much going on in the movie. Well, no, it suffers from like what's it called? Uh, Xanatos, the Xanatos roulette, where he's like, in order for his plan to work, all of these things have to fall into line. Mm. And it's a plan that's based on the fact that he lost his wife and kid and now he just wants to break up Steve and Tony because of it. And he talks about an empire falling and I'm like, this isn't an empire, honey. It's not an empire. It's like a minor like squabble between friends that kind of is It's going to have ripple effects, but it's – Everything feels like this guy who's just really overstating and really kind of overselling everything that he's doing. I it just didn't would feel be real. interested to see someone watch that who actually is Eastern European, someone who's lived under like the Iron Curtain and dealt with being living in a part of the world where people more powerful than you 
kind of things happen and you, uh, you're you put in danger or not put in danger or your family suffers because of it. I think, I yeah, think but- there's probably an interesting reading of that from him being you know, Eastern European. <laughs> that isn't the point that I'm making. It, I mean, it's not about like it, th- this movie is is the scope of it to narrow it down to that is so small. Mm. It's so small and petty. Right. And it's it's essentially like some people got fridged, so now I need to go and get revenge. Right. That's 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 what I'm that's the yeah. point I'm making. It's not about like, yeah, you could do that reading of it, but what I'm looking at is is this movie as a movie has a villain that doesn't work for this movie. Mm. The villain is Tony Stark and he shouldn't be the villain. He should be maybe the antagonist, but not the villain of the movie. And that is like a Tony Stark it's feels a, like the villain of the comic book though. It's a structural problem. Right. Yes, I well, yeah, okay. So but then make him the villain. Yeah. It's a structural problem. There's a there's a problem with the structure of this movie and they've tried to put more and more stuff on top of that. And, that's why and it the feels structure so is still wobbly. Well. Mm. Right? And so like you've got this I think also that's that's action burnout. There's too many action it's, scenes it, is, in this one and they're too, too long. Much going on. But yeah, I, I, I think they, they kind of made this beautiful house mm. on top of a structural problem. Had they made right? their house on sand? Um, yes, exactly. And so they've got they've got already like all of these problems. A lot of the problems that we've talked about are things that they're inheriting and they're trying to kind of make something good out of it. And they, they really kind of do a lot of good things with it. But ultimately, as a film, I don't think this works. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it works. I don't think – I think there's too many problems at a really basic level to, to fix mm-hmm. and, and they do their best with it and they kind of try and – go, how can we get them to this next beat and make it work? And how can we really kind of put as much into this as we can? But when you don't have a character arc for your main character, when you don't have uh, um, a villain that is menacing or th- like the, the, the ultimate threat kind of proves to be something that's so uh, bonkers, like mm. he, it, that could not have happened. They could have just Stephen Bucky could have been there, and he could have been like, "Look, this is Bucky killing Tony's parents." Yeah, okay, we're just going to kill you now. Like, it doesn't. It just doesn't work. And you've got all these, and the the you know the the character problems. You put more characters in there. Put more characters in there, and they're going, "Okay, we're going to write these characters the best that we can." Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I had genuinely had a lot of fun watching it. Yeah, and I enjoyed it, and it it did get me a lot of feels. Like it was felt very. Um, I think because I'm so invested in the universe, yeah, a lot of the emotional beats felt very real. Without previous investment, this movie doesn't work. For yeah, me. no. So, and this is a problem. Um, but because I had that investment in the universe, I, I was, I felt a lot of the, a lot of the emotional stuff, a lot of the, the guilt and the feelings of concern about people that they've hurt along the way. Mm. That felt really genuine in a way that you never felt in Batman versus Superman. Right, it was exactly. manufactured, right? Yeah. So I yeah, so I genuinely had I yeah, I had a lot of feelings left yeah. at the end of it. And I and I and you know what the connections are. You know what what Falcon means to Steve and you know what Bucky means to Steve and you know you know, it sort of makes and sense. And what Nat means to Steve yeah. and all that. So they're my favourite team. They are yeah. I love those characters. And, and so that works well. For and me. Peggy. I love Peggy. Yeah, I love Peggy too. Um all of my favorite characters come out of either Captain America or Daredevil, basically. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think I get that. I, I was just thinking it's kind of like watching The Hobbit after The Lord of the Rings, mm. where you're like, I love this world and I love these characters and there's elves and dwarves and it looks so and great. And look at these cute boyfriends. And the story and they, they love still... each other and then they're going to die. Right. Yeah. And the story is, they were brothers. No, the boyfriends. I meant Frodo and, um, oh. and Ramitage. 
Bilbo and Ramatish. Ramatish. (laughs) Um, I was like, you know, the one who's also in this movie. I got to that one. (laughs) 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 Oh, yeah, Martin Freeman. God. Who's apparently playing one of the most awful characters in the Marvel Universe. And, yeah, anyway. but Every time he talked, I was like, yeah. And I couldn't listen to what he was saying because I was like, why is his accent American? It's wrong. Oh, I knew he was going to be American, so I had no problem. He's the CIA bureau chief. Like, I, I got, he's American. No, I, I knew all of that. And yet every time he opened his mouth, I was like, no, 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 no. I just don't know why I have such. For once I've, in my life, I was not bothered by an accent. Everybody, and he did a good job. It yeah, was yeah. just like, oh, it felt so wrong coming out of his he's, mouth. He's actually quite good at the sort of oiliness of yeah. that character, which is it, I'm sure if they continue on with that character, which I think he's a he's a Black Panther villain, yeah. so I think they will. Okay. Um, so is um yeah. Andy Serkis. Mm-hmm. Yes. Cool. Yep. Um. Yeah. No. I. Yeah. yeah. Bring on the Black Panther movie. Which yeah. Got I, pushed back for Spider Man. Um. But um, yeah, bring it on. Anyway. Yeah. No, I agree. I think. I mean, that's the thing. I. I just. They need to really sort out what they're doing with these multi-character movies because. It's not working. <laughs> and poor um, Cap suffers. Poor Chris. And yes, Cap suffers, and Cap is. Uh, they they rely on so much goodwill because we love Cap. Cap is the is a incredibly lovable guy. He's wonderful, and he doesn't get to do as much. And man, that, that just that Stephen Sharon kiss was so like when they were going for, like there there was that beat before it, and I was like, oh no, yeah, no, don't do that. I know it just was like. Oh, no. It's like it's like it was it, rip off it, Peggy it didn't Carter, feel and it's it's his it's his girlfriend's niece. It's weird, yeah, uh, but it, it also just doesn't feel earned. No, not, not in at all. Any way because we barely set her up. Like she's cute and funny and sweet, and it's nice to have her in the universe. But and and because actually she's I actually quite like her. I think she's yeah, me too. Character. It's not against it, her. It was just the two of them. I didn't like. I, there's more chemistry between him and Natasha. There's more chemistry between him and. Well, if Falcon we're going hetero, Tony. if we're going to hetero him, <laughs> yeah, there's more chemistry between him and Natasha. Yeah, no, I like that they have such a good friendship. Oh, I know. I don't want them to make out. I'm just saying that there is. Yeah, there's more chemistry. Nope, that's another dude. Hang on, <laughs> there are. T- this is the problem, of course. This is why slash fiction and like um, shipping like this is so big. Is because there just aren't aren't women. There are just no women around. People have. Have strong, deep relationships with the men in their lives because there's only men. Yeah, I still ship Finn and Poe though. So, <laughs> um, well, but that's the thing is that I don't actually ship Stephen Bucky. I don't. I mean, I, I don't. I'm, yeah, I'm not particularly. I'm just in invested it. in their friendship. Yeah, and this is the same thing with Daredevil, where I'm like 100 percent invested in Matt and Foggy's friendship to the extent of everything else. I feel like even even then, I'm not. Ex- I'm not invested in it to the extent that a lot of other people are. No, and, and yet I watched this really movie invested. and I was like. Why is this not? Why are they not going further with this? They and they certainly sold it like they were. Mm-hmm. That's the thing is that the press tour is very much like that's what they're going to do. But it's more like well, that's just because all the Anthony Mackie the and time. Sebastian Stan are just wonderful together. Oh yeah, they're, like they that that's why it was really nice that they they only get like one or two scenes where they're actually talking to one another in this film. Yeah, but they couldn't are have done that one, earlier. They're you. wonderful together. Yeah, they are. They're great. Um, yeah, no, we could just we could happily have a Falcon and Bucky movie. Right, and I, I just, I also feel like they, they don't go far enough into establishing who Bucky is now. We know who Bucky was before, but who is this person in this, this movie who's not Bucky? Back to the problem of Bucky is the damsel. Bucky right. is the victim. Bucky is the other. Yeah, Bucky is the girl. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, he's not developed because he's the girl. Right, except he's not the girl because they don't kiss. Um. No, it's so frustrating to me yeah. because I know that 
I know they can do so well. Mm. You know, like it's frustrating because I know it could be so good. Mm. And I feel like people are giving it a pass because, or I feel like people are kind of not seeing some of the problems with it because it's fun and they've just seen Batman versus Superman. Yeah. And this is oh, so much and, better and than also, that. And they're about to see an X-Men movie that doesn't look great either. And they love the characters. I'm, yeah, I'm kind of holding out hope for Apocalypse mostly because I liked the last one and Oscar Isaac. No, but I also really yeah, liked yeah. Days no, of we, Future and, Past. That's right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but yeah, this kind of, uh, and yeah, you know, that's probably not going to be as good as this because Marvel really does make good movies. And I think a, so much of it mm. is in, we are so invested in these characters and these characters are so great. Mm. But, and so we are kind of going, yeah, this movie was great. This movie wasn't great. This movie wasn't great. It, it, it has too many kind of, when you look at it on a micro level. <laughs> I think that the, yeah, the thing for me was that I watched it on Thursday night. And I didn't, I was, firstly, I wasn't that excited beforehand, but I'd forgotten about it by Friday. Like I went, just went mm. to work on Friday and I wasn't thinking about it. I wasn't excited about it. I didn't want to go race home and be on Tumblr to look at all the gifts. I was just like, oh, oh right. I watched Civil War. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've seen that movie. Oh, that's out already. Yeah. So anyway, we've been talking for nearly an hour. We should probably give this rating. Mm, I'm still going to go with three and a half. I had enough fun to give it three and a half. I'm going to give it three stars, which I, again, like I said before, I was going to give it a higher rating than it sounded like I was going to, but yeah, they, they just do such a good job of putting it together. Yeah. Even, e that's like, even a, a mediocre or average Marvel movie, you're still going to have more fun than a lot of other things that they I'm giving just, this higher than Ant-Man. I'm still really mad at Ant-Man. Yeah. So. Well, Ant-Man has some issues. Yeah. But actually, I, I feel like Ant-Man was structurally a better movie than this was. Yeah. It was. Um, yeah. like just the pieces of it fit together better, but I mm -hmm. feel like this was a, much more um a better directed and acted and all that kind of movie mm, so yeah. and the, the, they just make those fight scenes look good they, yeah so yeah all right three stars cool thank you very much for listening to the silver screen queens podcast if you would like to find our show notes or old episodes they're on our website silverscreenqueens.com and if you would like to read katie's review of captain america civil war or all of the other movies that she watches they're on her blog silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com i keep forgetting it's captain america civil war i know it's just Civil War to me because it's not a Captain America movie because mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. him to be the main character, he has to go on a journey and it, he doesn't. It's, it's, it's Avengers 2.5. It, it is really Avengers, is. yeah. It's, people were saying it's an Iron Man sequence, sequel, but it's not because it's also a, Tony doesn't get to be the hero. No. It is definitely it's an, Avengers an Avengers movie. Sequel. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, whatever. Um, and, and wait, where was I? I was halfway through that. The spiel. spiel. And if you want to find us on social media, we are on Tumblr, tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com, on Twitter at screen underscore queens, and on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash silverscreenqueens. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.